random encounter at a broadcasting facility. A shared interest and love of all things Marvel. Excelsior! A misinterpreted program title. And behold, a podcast is born. Peter Melnick. Podcaster and comic book enthusiast. And Eddie Wilson! Upstate New York radio announcer, still with an inordinate amount of catching up to do. Peter! What are you doing? Here we go with a new episode of The Marvelists. Don't make someone earn a second chance. Give it to them, unearned, and watch what they do with it. Hey, kids, it's your pal Mitch Halleck, producer of Terrificon, Connecticut's Terrific Comic Con, coming to Mohegan Sun on July 28th to the 30th, right here in Uncasville, Connecticut. I am proud to be a guest on today's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 Focus Podcast right here on the Marvel. I'm done running. Now here's the guys you know and love. Get ready. Get steady. Because here comes Eddie, and he's bringing his Peter with him. Ah, uh, man, with an intro like that, uh, uh, let me get my snow pants on. And we'll kill anyone who gets in our way. No. Not kill anyone. Kill a few people. Kill no people. Welcome, everyone, to The Marvelist, the Marvel Universe podcast. I'm Peter Snowpants Melnick. Oh, boy. And I'm Eddie Wilson. And joining us in studio, we are a returning guest. Uh, I lovingly call him, you're actually called on uh, a stark contrast, Shang-Chi Nick, by the way. (laughs) Just a heads up. Um, We are joining Nick Wells. Nick, welcome back. Thank you so much. I'm glad that this movie... Of all things Marvel is my return to this awesome podcast. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and joining us on the other end of the tin cannon string, also a returning guest, multi-time. I think like, he's got to be at least, he's nearing the double digits. Sure. I think he's like at least number six or seven. Let's go lucky number seven for this. And if you fold it over, it doubles. Never mind. And if you heard at the top, we are joined with the proprietor of Terrificon, Connecticut's only Terrific Comic Con, Mitch Big Fedora Halleck. Mitch. Hey, Woody hey, hey. President of the Indiana Jones say? Fan Club. That's true. That's true. I got my fedora on as well. That's another movie that's coming out next month. But yes, it is wunderbar to be here, gentlemen, to talk about the final chapter of the Guardians saga. Now, I'm. I was. This is a movie. It's been six years in the making for me. I've been yeah. waiting with bated breath every single time. You know, something would drop with Guardians material, I'd jump on top of that, and. It really didn't have the same feel because you know you have the Infinity War appearance, you have the Endgame mm-hmm. appearance, you have uh, what's it called? The holiday special. The, holi- the holiday, holiday special. Holiday special. Christmas okay. special. Christmas yeah. special. And then you have also the uh, what's it called? The appearance in Thor: Love and Thunder, yep. which the less said the better. Um, <laughs> but you know, it just didn't click. But that's because you know, and aside from the holiday special, which was Papa Gun, we Ooh. had this, and right off the bat. I will say, for the record, it's not my favorite of the Guardians movies, but it is a very, very close second. I would say it's it's neck and neck with number two for me. Volume two is my favorite, but this is very close. Eddie? I agree on what you said. But they're going to go, I am group. Good. <laughs> That's a point, too. Why? How dare he stray from his lines? I love that he did that. I thought that was one of the, like, spo- okay, so real quick, ladies and gentlemen, spoilers before we get into really talking about the meat and potatoes of this episode and the movie. You, you guys got to know by this point, if you're seeing a download and it says Guardians of the Galaxy, unless you're auto-playing this, you know, and it's like doing it on its own, like, Oops. shut the damn podcast off. Yeah. You know? Don't we're going to be doing spoilers. Like, you know, Darth Vader is Luke's father. What? What? I, what? I, sorry to break it to you guys, but... I thought it was Jar Jar. Come on. No, no. Well, no. Jar Jar is a Sith Lord, my oh, dude. Oh, that's but, right. 
different oh, Sith Lord. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, subtitle, A Rocket Raccoon Origin Story. Ooh. Well, I mean, it's not, it's part but of sure. How I think of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, very animal-friendly. Well, no, no, one. not at all. Oof. No, no, not at all. For, for animal fans, a lot of, you know, Kleenex yeah. could have been used here. I, I Eddie, this to. is a PG-rated show. I did not even think... I don't even know if in the credits I saw that no animals were harmed during the making well, of this CGI. Film. It's CGI gleep glops. It's still no, nice no. to know. It is still nice to know that no animals such as bunnies and walruses and yeah. any others otters. of the sort. Otters, otters and a cute little raccoons. A monkey that scratched somebody's face. Yes. <laughs> for a, pan, not a, a gigantic panda bear wearing a Chris Chan shirt, which... I, thought I that can't was escape him. I thought that was slacking to Pokemon. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh my here? <laughs> It was. It was. Yeah, but if you like those little lizards, they don't even talk about them. They got eaten every other scene. We're oh, going to those. They don't count, I guess, because they're ugly animals. Ugly animals are fine to eat. It's the cute ones you can't. That's probably what, That's probably another um, Star Wars reference that we'll make throughout this. Is the is the uh, lizard being you know food? That's funny because like you know before I went to go see this, I was like you know what today's May the fourth. I'm seeing this on uh, this Thursday, so you know what I'm gonna go to a movie beforehand because I got the day free. So I went right. went to go uh, use my AMC A list, which is not gonna be getting much use other than this and Fast X in the month of May, but June. Family. Oh, I got a lot of time coming up for uh, movies next month. You got Indiana Jones. You got Batman. I mean the Trans- Flash. Transformers. Everything. Oh yeah, that thing. Like it, <laughs> my mom wants to see it. I want to take her to see that. I'm oh, fine. really? Yeah. The Beast Wars thing? Yeah. She, well, it's it's. Yeah. Think about it like this. You know, the '90s kids they love that kind of crap. So I guess. Like, you know. I don't know. I gave up on those Transformer things. Be- I never saw like, the first right, movie. They like Beast Wars, right? I can honestly say, as a child, I never watched Transformers. My first introduction Correct. was Shia LaBeouf. So to yeah. me, those movies. I know those aren't the best movies, but to me, they hold a special place in my heart. Yeah. Um, dun, 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 I'll see the new the one, but to me, it's I don't think anyone's topping, for me, the original, my yeah. original first three, what I saw. That's the only one, the, honestly, out of all the Transformer movies, that's the only one I could understand that has the resemblance of the story. The second one, I was like, what's happening? And then the third, I'm like, I don't know what's happening anymore. Yeah. And I, I gave up after that, and I, I think they did a fourth. Yeah, with Mark fifth. Wahlberg, a fourth and fifth with Mark Wahlberg. Oh, that's right, the Wahlberg one. Age I of Extension and uh, the and last then Bumblebee, I, which I yeah. didn't see, but I hear is good. Bumblebee it's, was it's great. Excellent. It's excellent. Bumblebee was great. I did see Bumblebee and the others in parts, so thank you for the warning of how my like likeliness of these movies is going to progress. Because <laughs> even my son, who was into seeing them, didn't want to see them. And then, you know, like, hey, if he doesn't want to go, I'm not going to this thing. So Yeah, Bum- Bumblebee was, was a complete reboot. So anyway, oh. go back over to anyway, the Star Guardians. Wars uh, Guardians connection. Yeah. In regards to that, what you know gets me is, Ed, you got company. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, in regards to Guardians and the Star Wars connection, what really gets me is I got to go see Return of the Jedi a few hours beforehand, so I got to see oh, the yeah. end of one OG trilogy and then the end of another trilogy with Guardians Volume Three, and there were definitely a lot of parallels that I could see between both movies. But what got me is the whole element of how AMC only had one showing of Return of the Jedi on May the 4th. Why would you do that? That is the stupidest decision you they can make. They did that uh, stupidly. The I was at it's, a, it's weird, right? And like, there's no showings today. There's no showings tomorrow. No, no. They, no, it was only one week. It was yeah. only a limited engagement anyway. It was not going to be like three. But it's still they, a hit number when five. When Guardians showed up, they, they pulled... Disney owns Guardians. Disney owns Star Wars. They're not going to take Star Wars uh, Guardians out of the theater that could make a gazillion dollars and put a forty-year-old movie that's on TV every week. 
I would. I would no. still watch it. Well, you. The funniest thing is, again, Mitch, you're a Star Wars guy. You know how yeah. Star Wars fans are loyal. Like, if that movie shows up on the big screen, they will get a ticket. I went and saw it. See, I saw it last week. Me and my buddies, we all went to go see it. We lined up just like we did 40 years ago. <laughs> you know, we can't not go. I mean, it was like what? Like cutting your arm off? Of course, you're going to go see. Return of the Jedi on the big screen. It's like, duh. I appreciate that you said the cutting the arm off thing, you know, given. Yeah, I get it. A little subtle there. <laughs> right. But in regards to Guardians Volume 3, you know, yeah. this is the movie. You know, Nick, what did you think about the movie? Because I brought you on specifically for your reason alone. Like, I heard them like, this will be an interesting take. So, like, let's throw you in. All right. Um, so, I love the first one. That is one of my favorite movies of all time. Personally, for me, I didn't care much for the second one. We've had many a fist fight over this. Yes, we did. Many ankles were broken, kneecaps were shattered. Um, I do have moments of volume two that I absolutely love, but for the most part, I, I didn't connect with it that much. But for volume three, that it, I when the movie ended, I messaged you, Peter, and then sent you a lovely yeah. voice memo that night when I got home. It saying, was four minutes long, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> voicing my opinions of this movie, and honestly... I have never cried at a movie because I just genuinely found it so beautiful from everything from the comedy, the action, the drama, the suspense, the emotional beats, and just overall the ending. Like it wasn't, it was like also tears of happiness that, you know, of everything that happened and how it concluded sadness that these characters that I've grown to love over the last nine, 10 years that introduced me to a whole new other side of Marvel are possibly leaving for quite a while in our all our lives and just genuinely how beautiful the movie was made well i just want to give a random aside but at the very end of the movie the last words on screen we see are the legendary star lord will return and i very audibly in the theater yell you're goddamn right he is so <laughs> i audibly said something else that is not family friendly it is not. very excited i will say very excited that it said that I was wearing my Star-Lord kaiju shirt. I was wearing my gray sweatpants. I have my Star-Lord lounge fly with a little shoulder group sneaking out of it. Yes, and he'll come back in another. I oh, he we better. Get yeah. back to, I knew we couldn't get too far without the legendary Star-Lord will return. Absolutely. Um, but dark, anyway, dark letters no. against a, a white background. And, uh, yeah, well, Peter did drop an F-bomb. In, well, we'll in we're going to talk about true. that in a minute. But, Mitch, what did you yes. think of the movie? Well, Because I've kind I of avoided actually... your Facebook couldn't wait because just like your friend there said i love the guardians of the galaxy the first movie i saw that in 2014 with my kids i even went to the imax 18 minute preview they had shown like weeks earlier of the prison breakout scene because i was like what is this because as a longtime marvel fan you knew that nothing sucked ass more than the guardians of the galaxy <laughs> original comic book you're not a big so fan I'm of like, johnny c seven or whatever his no, name no, is i love charlie 27 charlie i actually 27. liked martinique and all those guys and in, in, in major astro the ones from the 90s Star when they came back under the valentino i was like hey that was an okay book and i'm like how because they have the you know the search for captain america's shield it was like a very cool storyline but how are they going to make this a decent property. And I tell you, I'm watching the movie in 2014. The second Peter puts the uh, cassette in and they start playing Redbone, you know, come and get your love. I cracked up laughing and my kids were like, what is this? I go, I don't know what this is, but I'm telling you, this is going to be great. And it <laughs> yeah. was great because it was nothing that I expected. So then automatically that elevates it. Number two, same thing. Uh, there was parts of it I loved. There was parts of it I was like, oh, is this still on right now? And then I'm like, oh, wait a minute. It's a good movie. It's still one of my top ten. So 
number three comes along, I rushed to the theater. I went to the movie marathon, sat through the first two. They were going to start the third one at midnight. I had been up since 6 a.m., so I'm pretty tired at midnight, and my wife goes, don't go to a midnight show because you always end up hating the movie because you just want to go home and go to bed. And I'm like, no, it's not going to happen with Guardians, no, because I'm <laughs> fired up. I'm drinking my cola. I'm wide awake. I'm wired. I'm watching Return of the Jedi, which was next door. I was running back and forth between theaters. So anyway, it starts, and I got to tell you, at 2.38 2 in the morning when it ended, now I had a half-hour drive home. I'm like, I hope I don't die. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, was it worth it? And then I go, it's not the movie I had in my head. And then I went and saw it again last night with my good friend, artist-writer Jerry Ordway, and recorded it for our podcast, Power Cosmic Podcast. And I really enjoyed it because I saw it with a bigger audience. I, the people were laughing at the jokes. People weren't really laughing at, at one in the morning because they were, like, exhausted. I mean, the whole room was like, look, this is good, but we're tired. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely a movie to see with an audience. I enjoyed it much more the second time because I knew a lot of things that weren't going to happen because there's a sense of dread in this movie when you see it for the first time because the trailers made you think that every single person in that galaxy was going to die. Yep. And Pretty that's much. what I kept like, huh, huh, is this it? Is this it? Just like Return of the Jedi did when I was a kid. You kept thinking Luke was going to die, An was going to die, Lando was going to die. You kept waiting for somebody to die. And it takes away from the fun of it if you're just waiting for the Grim Reaper to have a freaking slaughter fest on the movie screen. I don't know why they do that, but I was very apprehensive, but I'm glad it didn't end the way I thought it did. And I enjoyed the movie, and I'm going to put it two on my top three mm -hmm. wow. Guardians of the Galaxy. So it's one, three, and two. And you just like Return of the Jedi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned, by the way, in regards to this movie... Uh, the whole, you know, sense of like we're expecting these characters, like uh, some of the characters are going to die. And spoilers at the end of the movie, none of them die. Like I was, mm -hmm. I was actually pleasantly shocked. Like it was a lot of bait and switch, and there was bait and switch to the point of they're doing things like James Gunn was putting in little details, and I, I listened to one, and I'm like, oh, they're doing this. There was a part where the song "Do You Realize" by the Flaming Lips starts playing, yeah. and one of the li lines in the song. It's when the song goes low and you see Star-Lord talking to Drax, right when the line of everyone you know someday will die plays super low, and who's Ooh. on screen? Drax. And I'm like, wow, he synced it up right to that point. And I yes, could didn't it be even see that. Could it be reading too much into it? Probably. But when no. you, you're looking into all this stuff and everyone's like, well, he's going to leave because Big Dave doesn't want to get into the makeup chair anymore. You know, yeah. yeah. Like, well, that's why we're the best. And I don't blame him. I really don't blame him. I, blame I love his new no. one. It's, it's such it. a cool look. And, like, the it funniest is. thing is I was dreading the eventuality of the uh, Annihilation costumes. The Anni I think it's Annihilation Conquest, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that era, like, the blue suits. I'm like, this is going to suck. It's not going to be as good as, like, you it, know, when Zidarsky was It made no doing. sense why they have those on. My buddy goes, are they, like, a police force? I go, kind of. He goes, why are they all wearing the same uniforms? I go, I don't know. I don't question this. It was in the comic. Now, shut up. All yeah. right. I think it's also something to note that on Nowhere they officially have their own Guardians of the Galaxy uh, sign now. Like they basically Logo. like a business. Yeah. yeah, they're I like a business now. So now it actually does make sense why they actually have matching. Well, yeah, it's like they're 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 postmen. Yeah, they're franchise. The, the mailman yeah. have to wear a suit. You know? Yeah, right. That Guardian, the, that Groot 
was helping to hang up. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and and then when it got, and then later it got smashed. I'm like, oh, there goes the sign they were hanging before. <laughs> and I love right. that it's the exact logo using the alien typeface, yes. and it's the Guardians yep. Volume Three logo. It's like, oh, that's that's cool. I can I can kind of do some of the letters now. I know that's a G in that language. Absolutely, uh, Mitch. I'm with you. With just like, I right, just go with it. This is what they're wearing. Let's just see what happens now. Um, not to overanalyze it, I suppose, right? No, because you do, like, the Avengers don't all wear the same clothes. I'm like, well, it's because they're different comic books based. Yeah, we can get into the technical reasons why. Plus, you want to sell some toys. This is true. I think I, I like... learned that from Star Wars. <laughs> well, the other Star Wars reference I was gonna that I made in Recall was, uh, or were those beasts with the multiple circular rows of teeth. Oh, and the they reminded obelisk. me of the sand pit um, in Return of the Jedi. Oh, the Sarlacc. Oh. Well, it was even more obvious when Drax said, I got a bad feeling about this. I'm like, you can't get more Star Wars <laughs> trademark than that. That's, I, I that's thought, wait a minute. Movie. I said, that sounds familiar. Okay. Yeah, that's where it came from when he grabbed the uh, the biker guy for no reason just to go on a joyride. I'm like, why is this happening? <laughs> it's funny. In honor of uh, May the 4th. It's funny. I... It's funny, but it kind of makes no sense, but whatever. In honor of uh, May the 4th, I was actually rereading the uh, first issue of the 2015 Star Wars, Star Wars by, uh, what's his name, uh, Jason Aaron. And mm-hmm. I love the one line from C-3PO in there of, I actually have a really good feeling about this. Like, literally the first line. And it's like, ah, oh, we're doing the tropes. It's funny. Yeah. Do you know what I thought about just before you guys called? I was like, what did I not see in this movie that I wish I had seen? And I said, it was when uh, Star-Lord, when Peter Quill actually found out that Gamora was still alive. I go, oh. that was a big deal because at the end of Endgame... He's searching for her on the star maps, and it, can't, it says missing or you know, not found or whatever like that. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't know if she was turned to dust or if she was still alive. And then when you got Nebula just like you know making long-distance phone calls behind his back talking to her, I go, okay, so when was the reveal? When did we see in the, the time frame he found out that she was alive and she didn't like him? Because that would have been more of a, a, a kick in the teeth. I guess he saw her in the, in the end game and she kicked him in the nuts, so that was kind of a hint. But... Mm-hmm. Everybody else got turned to dust when uh, Tony Stark snapped his fingers. Didn't Star-Lord think she was gone, dead, too? I mean, that's a big deal to find out your girlfriend's still alive. It was loosely mentioned in the holiday special that um, he was down, like, he was all upset, mainly because of the whole, like, Christmas to him was something different because of Yondu ripped away from home. But I believe his sister actually does mention, like, he's also upset about um, Gamora. But, like, but I agree with you. Like, we don't really actually, like, see him find out that point of, oh, she is out there still. We know he's looking, but there was no concrete proof that he knew for a fact. I mean, in the interest of fairness with the production of this movie, James Gunn, like, was pretty upset about, from what I've heard about the whole point of, like, hey, this is the stuff happening in Infinity War and Endgame. Thor is now a member of your team. Have fun. And I think, like, he probably talked to the side, you know, to Taika, like, in between, you know, Taika's cameos in his own movies. And he's like, hey, uh, can you, you know, get rid of uh, Thor out of the group, please, for the love of God? (laughs) Yeah, no, we said that too, Ordway and I, because Jerry was saying last thing, I said, wasn't there supposed to be a subplot with Thor being like part of the Guardians? I go, yeah, but it's almost like um, Rain Johnson taking over from J.J. Abrams. Yeah, I'll take Star Wars off your hands, Last Jedi, ruin the whole storyline, then give it back to you. Like, yeah, now you figure it out. It's like, wait, 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 what is it doing to my characters? And they also, so, yeah, the other off. thing with uh, a lot of this, like you see that in the, uh, the mini monologue Star-Lord gives while he's holding, you know, the uh, data cube or whatever that yeah. is, and he's like, He's describing all of the stuff in between, and it's like so annoyed. Like, yeah, this is what I had to deal with. This, as a writer, this is what I had to, you know, yeah, yeah, like pick up from. And it's funny because production of this movie, there's a lot of stuff that is going into it. Like, 
there were like again there were a lot of red herrings too which i loved like yeah. when chris pratt was going on like in the uh the stuff early on you know the interviews and whatnot he's like i saw my own dead body blah 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 and it's like you're saying dead body and everyone's thinking oh star lord dies when yeah. in actuality it was a um when you see the scene in the beginning when drunken star lord is being carried uh-huh. out by nebula that's actually a uh plastic star lord and it weighs about 35 pounds so that's how uh she can hold him uh, and there's a there's an interview where chris pratt, you saw the interview I, right hilarious. oh it is one of the funniest things where hilarious. chris pratt uh, is listening to james gunn tell the story and he goes yeah i have uh the star lord in the office in my office and he goes and people would come in and scream <laughs> And Chris Pratt like mishears him. Like, and, wait, what they they come in what and scream? <laughs> and then he goes, wait, what? Wait, what are you saying? And I go, you're saying they come in this thing and scream. I'm like, no, no, not that kind of come in. <laughs> and, Easy now. Yeah, hey, blame them, Easy not me. <laughs> um, this is a yeah, uh, Going back to, I was telling Ordway, I felt bad for James Gunn because he, he. I wonder what his story was. I heard today that he said that originally Nebula was not Nebula. Gamora was going to die in Volume Two. But he switched it out and made it Yondu because Disney told him, don't do that because they're going to use her for the Endgame and Infinity War story. So he's like, oh, so you almost wonder what the story would have been if he didn't have to, you know, it's almost like the whole T'Challa in Wakanda Forever. You're like, what's the story if they didn't have to work around him being dead? And it's like, what is the story that they wanted to tell with, you know, Gamora still being in in, in relationship with uh, Star-Lord? I mean... I wonder how much is kept secret from the big name writers in there. Like, how much did were they able to tell James without him getting you know things spoiled? Well, he for the was a writer. Oh, you mean for the other projects? Uh, I don't know. You would think Disney because he. Do you remember when James Gunn was supposed to take over the Marvel Cinematic Universe after, uh, like Favreau and and Wheaton? There was like, who's going to be the next steward of the the Marvel movies? And they said James Gunn was going to take it into a cosmic direction, and then they got fired because of the tweets and all that jazz. So I'm like, I think he had a different road plan. I think he was going to do something with Adam Warlock and Captain Marvel. There was going to be more cosmic stuff going on. That's why in in this movie, I was wondering where Star Fox was, because I feel like Star Fox and Pip, they should have shown up, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. concurrently, while all this stuff was going on, that was when, like all the filming, that was when Harry Styles was on tour doing his, uh, you know, residency at MSG for a month. And it's like, oh, that's why he probably didn't show up. See, that's also something I honestly really enjoyed about this movie is the Marvel movies and even shows. I don't I don't call it considered a problem whatsoever, but a lot of times they rely on other people coming in to be like, oh, so this is connected. Like, yeah, obviously we know this is an MCU, but James Gunn, I don't don't even know if like this is a him decision or if he was like, hey, Kevin Feige, please just let me do my own thing. Like, I don't want this connect. I don't need Star Fox or Pip popping up. I don't need, say, uh, seeing good old Steve Rogers on the moon, you know, nothing like that. that. Like (laughs) they kept it very just this is Guardians. This is the family. And that's it. Like they we didn't need any other extensions, even the after credit scenes. Don't mm. do the Fast and Furious family. Well, no, I was going to go with okay. my, my dream idea of, of Captain America on the moon, but he's played by Don Knotts. Like, this is an alternate universe. Oh, he's like, why am I on the moon? Oh, no. You know what? If it was Red Brown, I oh. give credit. If they just flew by real quick and Red Brown was sitting on the moon, I'm like, what? Yep. By the way, you yep. know, you just mentioned, like, the idea of, like, a, a mini cameo of something like that. Like, I'm shocked there was no Stanio in this movie other than, you know, Stan well, showing up in the credits. at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe there's a legal reason why they can't do it, because I said that to Ordway. He said, you know, there's some rights issue probably that they can't just, like, you know, CGI him into a, a scene. It's the Stan anymore. estate. 
it's because of everything with uh, JC. It might be JC, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, Which got the uh, the thank you credit at the end there, too. It but did. I, th- I think Did Mignola get a credit? Yeah, he did. I, think I, so, yeah. I took a picture of the credits, Mike Mignola, because he did the whole Rocket Raccoon miniseries, the four-issue series in the 80s. Let's talk it's about the animals. Home. Let's talk about the animals, you know? So... I when I saw all of those characters show up on my screen the very first time, I'm just like, oh, they're doing kind of like you know, obviously not the rabbit, and like some of the names are different. But when I saw Lila, when I saw Teeth, yeah. when I saw Floor, I immediately thought of the Mike Mignola 1985 miniseries. I'm like, wow, uh-huh. they're like, they're bringing this in kind of like with a more quote unquote realistic feel. It's not you know not talking animals, but it is. Mm. And it felt like, and I said it in my tweet, in my little, uh, you know, one tweet review. I just go, this is the most James Gunn a movie could be. And I almost felt like Lloyd Kaufman was the producer of the movie of Trauma fame. Because, like, some of the decisions, some of the visceralness, like, there was a uh, review, like, a comment on Reddit or on uh, Facebook where somebody goes, oh, it's not, it's it's violent. And they mentioned everything except the one ultra-violent scene in the movie with uh, High Evolutionary getting his face ripped off. I'm like, yeah, I think that's yeah. kind of something you should remember because yeah. they linger longer on that face. By the time oh, we yeah. get to that, though, it's like yeah. justified, and I don't think the, the viewer feels as bad about I it. I love that he got the shit beat out of him and killed. Mm-hmm. I, well, not killed. Yeah, everybody but... got a punch in there. I like that. I regarding hit him because they watched the video of what he did to Rockets. And yeah. But I like this is this is again, he does such a great job, Gun, in terms of taking a villain and making you hate the shit out of him. I yeah. actually felt, and I'm not even lying, I felt more threatened by the High Evolutionary than I did with Thanos, mm. because with Thanos you knew what you were getting. You could have a conversation with Thanos, and people did have conversations with him. Mm-hmm. He didn't lie, and that's one thing he did not do. High evolutionary, he's telling you to your face, "You are such an amazing, beautiful specimen." And then two seconds later, but I don't need you. Kill him. Let's imagine a Thanos yeah, it was TED real talk. Hannibal Lecter, like yeah, serial killer so type of level. Like he doesn't even think of you as a person. He's you're in an experiment. Yeah. It's just a number. Like know? even it's... the scene when uh when he's like, "This is my perfect world. This is my counter Earth," and then Peter's like, "Dude, you got drug dealers selling meth yeah. in a corner and people getting beat up by bats," and he's like, "No, that's not true," mm. and then realizes. Oh, you know, well, if that's the case, destroy oh, it all. It's like that is yep. how unhinged this man is. And High he evolutionary, was definitely shiny example of the term unhealthy obsession. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But So going back over to the animals, you know, what gets me with them is how creepy yet adorable they were. They felt like Sid's toys in Toy Story. Oh, that is a yeah, perfect that's analogy. Yeah, that's what said, too. It was like Toy Story. And I do want to point – I told you this yesterday um, when we were talking that when – I don't know if it's a plot hole, a continuity error or something like that. But in the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie when the Guardians get arrested and they're showing all their rap sheets and all that kind of stuff with it, they're a bunch of a-hole scene. They show yeah. Rocket and they show like um, his accomplices are Groot and Lila. But how could it be Lila if she never made it off the ship? Uh, a wizard right. did it. I, I, I caught that on the uh, marathon the other night too. A wizard did it mostly. Yeah, I need answers, yeah. James. Yeah, a, wizard, <laughs> a wizard did it. Um, in, in regards to uh, the whole issue, though, of like the brutalness of how the animals are treated, like again, it's very, uh, it's uncomfortable. And there's there's mm-hmm. certain lines like they felt wonky, but it's like these are animals like learning human concepts for the first time, so it makes sense for them to sound like a little clunky, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. the line that just kept popping up was, it's good to have friends. 
and yeah. all I could think of was Taylor Swift with "It's nice to have friends" off of the album "Lover." So that was all I could think of, and I'm like, okay. But well, it's plus like, Lila calling Rocket friend a bunch of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like it's new to them that concept. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and it was just that whole sequence was unsettling, just in general. Yeah. It's like it's, it's sad, and it's it's a huge, honestly, like pat on the back, thumbs up, standing ovation type of thing where it's like. I honestly feel like a few years ago, Marvel slash Disney would not have done anything like this. I but now I think we've reached a point where they realize it's creative hey, freedom. Our, a creative freedom, which is huge. They let James yeah. Gunn really tell the story he wanted. And three, like, they I think they realized like we are at a point in media now where you know as at the end of the day, Star Wars, Marvel, anything, Lord of the Rings, even are realistically like family stories but they're Mm -hmm. telling people like listen we know people grow up we still want this to be a family adventure but like our characters like our plots and stories they have to we need to evolve and we need to grow up like honestly i don't know how much i personally would have cared about star lord throughout all these movies if we didn't see him go from goofy star lord dancer boy to me being like i'm genuinely concerned about his well-being right now yeah when he's when yeah. the opening with him like despondent and drunk and just like upset like that is one of those like wow like this yeah. is this is yeah. where he's at and like it's if something like that happens like you know as a firm defender of hashtag star lord did nothing wrong Great. you know yep. it's very much uh you know when i hear the people go on saying like uh why would why would he not have waited longer have you ever been in love have you ever cared about somebody a whole hell of a lot? You would do anything for them. You would even do stupid things. I mean, they, th- this is the same guy who, as soon as he found out his dad put a tumor in his mom, boom, 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 boom. fire. Yeah. Didn't yeah. even hesitate. Yeah. He's impulsive. You know what? He's got the same PTSD that Thor had when he became Fat Thor yeah. in the uh, movies. Where he, he blamed himself for everything that happened because he didn't go for the head. So he's over there eating ice cream, playing video games, and getting drunk. And Star-Lord's not the happy drunk. But the angry drunk, you know what I mean? The one they're like, oh boy. And then they, they look at each other too. They go, again, who do you look at? Uh, when he goes uh, Sean there. Gunn's character or something? They just said, oh, is he, is he, I can't do anything for him. And they just kind of shrug their shoulders like, yeah, he's at it again. You know, like yeah. crazy drunk uncle. He's, he's drunk again talking about, you know, the, the girl that left him. There's nothing you can do about it. So. And, you know, at the point he even goes after his second best friend, Rocket. <laughs> so that's true. That's true. You know what? They didn't do the Tony Stark alcoholic storyline, which I think they should have done for number two. But there's a whole backstory about Robert Downey Jr. being a former addict, didn't want to go down that road. Which I like. Why it shows how you can overcome things, which is like the epitome of Robert Downey Jr.'s career. But they didn't do that. But thank God, or whoever, thank Kevin Feige that they did do it. Where Thor was damaged, and you know, Star Lord's damaged. And they're human. That they humanizes them. That they're they, they become drunks. They become alcoholic. They turn to food or booze or something else to like hide the pain. I mean, why not? That's that's realistic. Yeah, that's, especially that's a character a like flawed character. That's what makes Marvel characters better than DC. I'll go on record because I've always said that DC are gods. They're they, they don't have any relation to what it is to be a human. Where all the Marvel heroes are basically jackasses and dicks and idiots and they become like heroes and that's what makes them i think you know accepted by the, the masses because people can relate more to that than being from krypton more depth that's it yeah and i, I agree with more you. depth yeah yeah this show is brought to you by our patreon go to patreon.com slash the marvelists 
And on the $3 tier, you'll get access to episodes early and ad-free. $5 tier gets you our two bonus shows. One, Fantastic Voyage, where we dissect and just talk about the 102 issues, one by one, although if it's a storyline more than one at a time, of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby's amazing, incredible, spectacular, invincible, and fantastic run of the Fantastic Four, the world's greatest comic magazine. And two, you haven't read that? A show dedicated to the comic books that I haven't read yet. Some Marvel, some DC, all fun. And on the $8 tier, pick a topic of your choosing, not a topping of your choice. Or perhaps you can be a guest on The Marvelists. Above all else, we thank you for your continued support. I definitely agree with the depression thing because, like, if you look at all the Guardians in every shape and form, so every iteration, one, even the video game, the you know, animated yeah. series, like everything, exactly. But more in tune with just a movie alone, and that's why, like I told you earlier, um, why I think the song that closed out the movie was truthfully, and this isn't me just being biased towards Florence and the Machines because that's one of my favorite songs of all time. When yeah. I heard that song, I, I cried, um, but like it showed that like every single one of them had depression we know this throughout the movies like but it's also them able to let go the dog days are over drax let go of like okay thanos is gone ronan is gone we've known that for a few years but what's the one thing or the two things he can never get over my friends look at me as a joke and my one purpose i always felt was being a father now i can be a father again and nebula telling him hey i need you here by my side i need support he has a reason again nebula got to say goodbye to her sister she got to mm-hmm. um she now gets to leave her sister shadow and lead on her own quite literally you know mantis i served ego then i served you guys i need to find my own way peter going back home rocket accepting himself i am a raccoon i these are my family these are my friends and groot you know and i think this is a very important thing with the groot thing even though it was mentioned earlier about like oh like like i and i also feel like the people are going to be like very divisive on it oh we heard him understand him say like i love you guys but there's a double meaning to that it isn't just him saying i love you guys to obviously the characters but to us because one of the things about the Groot language um that james gunn confirmed is you to understand the Groot language you have to spend time with Groot, and we Mm -hmm. spent many years with Groot. so it wasn't just us being like oh okay this is what he said to them it's us finally understanding as well Hey, I love you guys. Yeah, Thank I you don't for watching. Think, I think that I don't think the characters on screen heard him say that. I think that was the audience yeah. doing it. That's why people were like, "How come they didn't react when he finally got to talk?" I go, "No, that was us understanding exactly. what he said." That was for like the when audience. they when he faded away at that the end sense. in um, Infinity War, they said, "What did he say when he was you know turning to dust and he was reaching for Rocket?" He said, and then somebody dad. said, "I th- what did he say? I love you, Dad, or something like that." Yeah, I think James Gunn. Even like, though he said, "I am Groot," they translated it to what he really meant, and that's why I was like, "Oh, really?" That's what so, I. Yeah. So now we were hearing what the other Guardians exactly, already knew, yeah. already we, heard. So that was a great, a great twist. Yeah, but I think on a Groot note too that we got to see, you know, after he got pulled apart or whatever, that he was the head and four legs. Yeah, so he did a great Spider yeah. impersonation. I we got to bring see that up. We got to thing. see Groot. I was thinking of the Carpenter's thing at that point. I was like, oh my God, it's John Carpenter's the thing. Yes. With the head oh, he, away like that. And you we know that was a love letter to Carpenter. Well, yeah. And we, and we got to see him also as a like a six or eight gun-toting uh, executioner type style. That was badass. And then we saw King Groot. At the end from like, like that's the walk yeah. from tales to astonish i wish you know? I, okay i thought i wasn't alone in thinking that i'm like yeah that is tales to astonish group yeah it is. that's what i was thinking when he turned into the giant but hey. let's, hmm. the brutality of this movie 
Yeah. Like, this is one of those, like, I will just Little say this. kids are going to be freaking out on this one. McDonald's oh, yeah. was like, we made Happy Meal toys up about this thing. I like, own three of them so far. <laughs> <laughs> um, Happy Meal's not kids. Just wanted to No, but I'm saying it's an old Batman Returns type of thing. I'm like, you got some harsh. But let me tell you, I don't know how they're ever going to make Dr. Doom's face look more horrific than the high evolutionary if they ever reveal what he looks like underneath the, uh, the mask. <laughs> mm. like, that, was, that was up there with, um, what's the character's name in Hannibal? Oh, yeah. That had the face eaten off by the dogs or something, and they stitched it to get Mason Vergers or something. Got imagine Jigsaw. Like, We've already yeah, seen him on the big Gary screen, Oldman. but, like, Jigsaw in the MCU, if they, like, properly yeah. do him. That's going to be that's gonna be interesting. Collaboration. And then Ordway said all he could think about is here in Connecticut when we had the woman that was attacked by the monkey in Stanford, Connecticut, and it ripped her face off. Jerry goes, I kept thinking about how that was like <laughs> the monkey attacked that woman. I go, dude, really? Come on, man. He goes, no, that's that was pretty violent when Rocket was shred in the guy's face i'm like yeah well to keep you know oh, that, that emo no, yeah well this is the opening scene alone oh, like, oh yeah oh my god like when i saw broken bo- like we saw broken wrists i'm like what oh, yeah, just happened snapped, mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah broke both wrists in uh mantis's arm there yeah, that, like, oh. that, that, that my kid did that when he was little i had that was nasty i remember that and how many times uh Nebula could get busted up and put herself that. back together. Holy she crap. Got well, mangled. What what got me with that opening scene was like, were we getting like a whole bait and switch with the whole movie? Because like everyone was getting annihilated in the beginning. Yeah. I'm like, did is this just like, you know, the new Guardians is going to show no, up the rest like of the Star movie? No, Star Trek 2, the Wrath of Khan, when they killed everybody in the opening sequence, even Mr. Spock, you're like, what happened? And mm. like, well, it's just a, a, you know, a training maneuver. Everyone the danger was, room. Danger room. Exactly. <laughs> it was the danger room. Yeah, that's a good analogy. See but that? to keep you know keep the emotional pulse right in the center of the heart with with the animals again. Even when we got a rocket and Lila hug, that that yeah. got me. And then of course nearing the end where Rocket found the whole litter of raccoons. I'm just like, oh, yeah. you got to get these. They got to get out of here. Got to catch them all. And then the yeah. and yeah. then and I'm like, yeah, he doesn't ever have a satchel or anything to put them in to make it you know hopefully a little safer. But then you right. get the part where. What are all these kids doing here? Now you've got yeah. this on a double emotional heart struck uh, level. I, honestly, though, the kids thing reminded me too much of Thor Love and Thunder, Agreed. which reminded me too much of Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, which reminded me of Indiana Jones. Jones. Jones and the Temple of Doom. Yeah. I'm like, okay, you're never going to have anybody go, well, the kids are in danger. They're in cages. So, I mean, of course, dude, hello. <laughs> it's like you're beating up a puppy. Of course, but hey, save those kids. That's like a weird trope. Whenever you see kids being in prison, it's like, well, yeah, of course you're going to have to save them. Everybody, any, even the bad guys would save the kids, wouldn't they? I mean, mm. I don't know. I, I was a little like, yeah, it's a little too much now. I would have been happy if they just saved the animals. If they just, if you didn't even see the kids, you were like, oh, okay, there's <laughs> the Michael there's Jordan a bunch of animals, there. right? Like, how necessary were the kids needed that they had to be there? I we don't had to know. See so I'm thinking to myself. So that was his new version of hum- uh, whatever he was creating, the, the, the kids, but that he wanted Rocket so he can put that thought, the creative thinking into their brain. So that was going to reason why he wanted Rocket. That was the high evolutionary's plan. But I'm like, why would he make masses of kids and then keep them if he was burning up? You know what I mean? Like whenever he had a failed project, he just hit the button incinerator and turned them to ashes and moved on. Why would he make like hundreds of little kids and just yeah. keep them around if they didn't work right? So I'm like, that didn't make much sense. And, and uh, you know, just reminded me, too, in what you were saying there, Mitch, about Rocket having the kill switch built in, what that yeah. purpose um, 
so what, nobody could duplicate the work was, that was done to him? Or or maybe he would get too smart one day, like the replicants in Blade Runner, so there was like a four-year lifespan, so they had like a kill switch. So high evolution was like, if this son of a bitch gets smarter than yep. me, i got to make sure I can turn it off. Right, exactly. Too. That's why, maybe. Uh, I'm just thinking again, too, jumping back to Star Fox and Pip, it would have been nice to have seen them again. But I said to myself before I saw this yesterday afternoon Self. that <laughs> it would be nice to see more Warlock. And, and we well, did. Well, you did, and I wish they didn't do that. You know who Warlock was in this movie? He was Drax the Destroyer from the comics, the big, dumb, stupid okay. Drax the Destroyer. Because I'm like, this is not Adam Warlock. I don't know what's going on here. Well, he I'm sorting out who he is. Line. I sort of liked Warlock in the movie. but did the you? thing, But the thing is this. I knew going in we wouldn't be getting, you know, I am a god. Let's play the soundtrack to Jesus Christ Superstar as I wander oh, around the galaxy. I thought we would because when I saw I Counter Earth, that's all part of his story. I was like, oh, maybe he's like Star Lord is our guy, and this guy thinks he's the real Lord on I... this other planet. And you know, that's I, I literally I had a whole other movie in my head. I thought they were going to have to deal with like like Warlock being a god on this Counter Earth, and the Guardians have to like take him down and become like you know blasphemous. I, group and stuff. I didn't I think they would. Movie. I got write that down. I did. <laughs> I didn't think they would do that though, because of fear of backlash. That's the only reason. Oh, because of Disney. Ah, oh, yeah, you're right. So Ooh, you know, like it'll be like there would be protests. There would be this. There would be that. It's like real. Who yeah, gives a right. shit? You know. But at the end of the day, I'm that's why. I I just now thought of of Warlock being the dark, alternate version of. No, he was shiny. Shazam. All, the, well, all this power the and was based on that. the kid naive, you know, not knowing how to work with his powers, everything. Yeah, the yeah. greatest American hero thing. He's going to be flying. I don't know how to fly. Believe it or not. Believe it or not. It's just Adam. I th- like I said, I think the story that Gunn had originally for number three that he wrote back in 2017 or whenever it was, I think he had to rewrite that whole thing. I think Adam Warlock was going to be the big baddie. And now it's like, well, we in, had Thanos and all this, so now we're just going to make him a big goof. In the interest of fairness, you have to look back. This is 2017 when he wrote that script. Yeah. The MCU was a different beast at that point. Remember, we were supposed to get the Inhumans. So there oh, might God. have been other elements of why everything happened. So. And not that bad TV show, Inhumans? Oh, that's the one I'm talking about, because technically that was linked for the, the longest time. Whoa, oh, oh. But, um, Even Ms. Marvel reconned all that. They're like, yeah, you're just mute now. You're a mute now. <laughs> yeah, Billy think, Joel, longest time. I got it. Didn't you hate Inhumans as well? Everybody uh, hated like Inhumans. When they shaved uh, Medusa's head in the first episode because they didn't have enough money for CGI for her <laughs> hair, I'm like, wait, what are you doing here? So... Well, the, I think the legendary Star Lord's going to return in something like I don't know, Secret Invasion. Or... I don't. You know where I think Homeboy's showing up, mm-hmm. and this is I had a parallel between it for the uh, scene involving Lila and uh, Rocket when he gets pr- back into his body. I have a feeling he's going to be involved somehow in Deadpool three. There's a weird feeling. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I have the weirdest inkling that it's going to happen, and it's just going to be uh, Ryan Reynolds, you know, basically making fun of real life Chris Pratt. In the form of Star Lord, like Hugh I, Jackman, Ryan Reynolds, and Chris Pratt. That's a lot of beefcake on one screen. <laughs> don't forget the rumor of Owen Wilson. Well, I don't know. I think the missus will want to go see that movie. First time she want to see a superhero movie in a long time since Aquaman. I'm like, wait, why do you want to go see Aquaman? Because Jason Momoa is hot. Like, what? 
If I say that, I'm canceled. But I wouldn't say that about Momoa. But we're, you know, you right? Get, exactly. I feel. Oh, come on, you're not a fan of Wet Thor. Uh, Thor was so big in no, the I'm last ca- movie with those muscles in his arms. I'm like, uh, dude. No, no, no I'm calling Aqu- I'm butt. calling Aquaman Wet Thor. Oh, Wet Thor. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. I feel like you know what? Maybe so they'll dumb. do the Defenders in uh, Star Lord will show up. Maybe Star Fox and Star Lord show up, and it's uh, Lord Fox. See, when you say hmm. Defenders, all I can think of is the Bendis style uh, street vigilante team. No, idea. I think of Nighthawk and yeah. the Goofballs mm-hmm. and the Hulk mm-hmm. and all that jazz. Doctor Strange, Kern- Colonel Weird, yeah. I feel that would be a weird team. Star Lord with the Hulk and all, but they already did Cosmic Hulk. They already did that with uh, Thor. They're not going to do that again. Ruffalo. Well, what are they going to do now that they pulled into another animal in this movie, Guardians 3, Howard the Duck? I like how Eddie just positioned oh, himself like in a circle. I like, yeah. well, what do you think? Do you mind? Never mind <laughs> the visual. Mitch, Mitch can't see this. All right. Well, thank goodness. Theater of the mind. Yes. Cosmo. I like Cosmo being the Russian little dog. Yeah. Bad dog. That was cute. But why did they um, change the gender of the dog that it doesn't even matter? How um, do you know that the dog's not a female in the comics? People are dumb. It's a dog. I know. I have one sitting right here next to me. Um, Tell the doggo we said hi. Harley. Yeah, we need more Harley postings, Mitch. What's going on? I know. I've been busy with the show. She's going to be with me tomorrow at Cave Comics for free comic day. Wait, 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 wait a minute. You got a show you're working on? Is it called (laughs) Terrificon? Connecticut's only Terrific Comic Con at the lovely Mohegan Sun in Uncasville, Connecticut? King of the subtle... Yes, you are correct. Tickets are on sale right now. Ticketmaster.com or selected comic cons in your or comic, I'm sorry, comic shops in your area. Like all oh, yeah, comics in Harrison, New York, Cave Comics in Newtown, Connecticut, Boomtube in Southington, Connecticut, and somewhere else. Harley, take it easy. My dog is getting excited. Um Said her Harley loves Terrificon. What else can we say about this movie other than it was in color? Um, well, we can say that if you go to uh, Terrificon, Connecticut's only Terrific Comic Con in lovely Uncasville, Connecticut, you will see Sean Gunn there, the, the man who plays Craglin. <laughs> yes. And Sean, actually, Sean could tell you some behind the scenes secrets because when he was last with me in 2017, he was filming Endgame in Atlanta, Georgia, because we were on the escalator going downstairs. Take it easy, Doc. And uh, he was telling me about the movie. He's like, I can't say a lot because the NDAs, but. He had much more roles in Endgame besides being Rocket Raccoon's motion capture uh, stand-in. There's deleted scenes of Craglin flying around like in a little like flying spaceship like Flash Gordon had and uh, fighting Thanos' armies, but it got cutting room floor stuff. Oh, it got deleted. How about the soundtrack for this one? Did we specifically talk about the soundtrack? We have not, and like, I like the soundtrack not as much as two again. going to keep saying that one, but... I like what they show. It's like it's it's such a modern kind of unique feel. Like there's of course you know, nineteen seventies, nineteen eighties tracks. The, the, it was all over the place versus the other yeah, two. Was. I think yeah, which which were sixties to seventies, sixties to seventy nine. No, they had said they had Badlands from Springsteen. That was seventy eight. Oh no, we were talking about uh, we were talking about uh, volumes one and two. The soundtracks they were sixties uh, oh, to seventy yeah, yeah. nine. Well, his mom had that tape, so they were mm-hmm. restricted to that area. But once he got the Zoom with three hundred songs, it was all over the place. Right, and then was it Rocket shows the two thousands, I believe, or something? And yeah, yep. the, just the fact that it eventually hit me like, yeah, we're getting music from different uh, decades and stuff like yep. that. So that kind of brings it full circle. Just like the credits, seeing all the photographs and you know stills from or throughout the movies. I think that was somewhat different in the course of 
and or knowing that they're going to watch the credits this time, you would get to yeah. see these little snapshots and different times and periods of things. I, I really liked, enjoyed it, that. It got me with the soundtrack because, you know, everybody's favorite something was at least acknowledged in there. You know, like, I'm a big fan of The Replacements and Faith No More. And, like, mm-hmm. the Faith No More scene with, you know, and it's the Chuck Mosley era, so, like, that's even more, you know, out there. But hearing We Care A Lot, like, as they're going into, like, one of the final battles, like, it's such a cool visual. You got the one scene involving, uh, what's his name? The uh, Them flying through space as the thes, uh This Is The Day Plays. And my first exposure to that song was an Eminem's commercial in 2005. Fun go. fact. I was bummed. What I told you, you yesterday when uh, we were uh, when Gamora was flying the ship to rescue them, and you hear the the San Francisco song, and I was like, "Yes, uh, this is one of my favorite song." And it, like you, they they lose it for about like thirty seconds, and it, and then when they show the close up from behind when she's like flying all dramatically, and it's like I lost my head in San Francisco. I was like, "Yes, keep it playing," and, I, and then it lasts like five seconds. That was like the only thing that like I was like, "I don't like this about the movie." You know. You know what was weird? I downloaded the Volume 3 soundtrack, and then Disney on Apple, iTunes, they had all the, the songs from all three movies. And I go, wait a minute, something's not on here. And it was Red Bones, Come and Get Your Love. It's not on Apple iTunes. I'm like, why is it? It's not on the Guardians thing? When I went to the movie marathon, they gave us these badges. On the back, there was a QR code. It said, scan this for the complete soundtrack albums. I'm like, okay, whatever. So I scanned it. And it's to Spotify. Yeah. And on Spotify, you have Red Bones come and get your love, but it's not on iTunes. I'm like, what is this, Disney? What are you doing to us here? You have rights issues with these songs. And then at the end of the movie, yeah, that's the song you hear Rocket play on. I go, wait, so they were holding off on that? They didn't want to ruin it for anybody? I don't know what the thinking is on and what it, songs get played on the soundtracks. And not. It's funny with the soundtrack because like they uh, they originally on the Spotify version, it had to come and get your love, but it was a re-recorded version, which oh. I, I absolutely hate when I see a soundtrack. And me and Eddie have had this conversation in private over the years where it's like, oh boy, I can't wait to listen to the recorded one, a re-recorded, said no one ever. Or, you know, here's a live track. If I wanted to hear a live album, I'd listen to a live album. You know, they did that a lot with Guardians music over the years because there was another one. It was the David Bowie song from the first one, and even the, uh, the uh, oh, you know, what's the song with the, the other song? Jesus God, it's on the first album. No, there's nothing from Jesus Christ. The David Bowie no, song? No, 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 what's the one with you the... T- oom, bum, 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 oom, you mean the David Bowie uh, song from Moon, the first film? Moonlight Daydream? That, Moon Age yeah, Daydream. That, that is not on the one that... the. The uh, soundtrack Disney had, Volume One. It was another version from a different album. Like that's not the one that's on the soundtrack. That's a different recording of it. What are you doing here? So, well, I'll tell you. Besides hurt. the fact that I didn't know all the songs on the Volume Three, I have yeah. I printed up a listing too, so I could kind of keep track. Is that I didn't even realize that Redbone's song was re-recorded. To me, it sounded the same. No, it's it is the same one. It is oh, on the Spotify version. There was a, yeah, Peter's okay. right. If you have like digital download stuff, sometimes they'll swap out another version instead of the one that was actually in the film that's why old standard physical media comes in handy now and then when you buy stuff it's like hey look i own this damn you yes you can't take this from me and what gets me is you know looking through um, i didn't james gunn specifically say all of the songs were all of the songs he wanted like there's no songs on the cutting room floor this time that's what he said because, like, I know in Volume uh, 1, they had, what's his name, um, Electric Light Orchestra was supposed to be in there for, uh, what's it called? Oh, Mr. Blue Sky. Oh, the one that no, was not Blue Sky. Oh, that was Mr. Sunshine. No, it, I forgot what it was. There was a, a 
Electric Light Orchestra song in um, Living Thing. Living Thing was supposed to be in Volume 1. Oh. So was Pilot's um, Whoa, 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 It's Magic. And a couple other ones. But, like, he couldn't get those in. And, like, I know, I think there was a Bowie song that was supposed to be in Volume 2. Because, like, his plan was he wanted a Bowie song in every Guardians movie. Oh. And it just never happened. That's why, oh. if you notice, and I want to talk about the uh, ship for them because we've had the Milano, we've had the Benatar, and yeah, now we have the, the Bowie. The, the Bowie, yeah. And I don't like the Bowie. <laughs> I don't like the Bowie either. I'm like, I wouldn't even buy that if it was like a toy because it looks like a bunch of tubes it looks like a bubble. put together. Yeah, yeah. Although the, the square-ish looking, I don't know, pseudo Rubik's Cube ship of the High Evolutionary was pretty, I think, comic. That was a somewhat, cool looking one. Yeah. yeah. That was pretty accurate. Yeah. Now, let's talk about the accuracy of how People talk in the real world. <laughs> My favorite scene is involving Counter-Earth and Star-Lord became literally me in the moment as Nebula is trying to open the door and we got our yeah. first F-bomb. And, like, this literally has to be a talking point. Like, any other film franchise, no one would give a shit. Like, really. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, he dropped an F-bomb. But, like, because of how Lord Feige has, you know, presided over the MCU, giving more creative freedom for this one, we got an improvised f bomb from Chris Pratt, and like, oh, that was improvised. It was improvised. Scripted? No, it was improvised, and like, know that. they threw that in. They're just like, yeah, let's just keep this in here, and because it added to the scene, it made it funny. And oh, it was funny as hell. The whole audience cracked up on that one. Our audience did like My dad. My audience was me, my friend, and three other random people. So <laughs> I had a beautiful, lonely viewing to myself. I'm one of those people that I like smaller viewings yeah. because I it, it lets me get into the movie more. Were... No, see, I miss the days of the Star Wars where it's like sold out and you got everyone clapping when every character appears on the screen, everyone would cheer. I'm like, mm. yeah. Well, I, I love when I we went to go see uh, Spider Man No Way Home, and I always bring this up. Yeah. Like, and it makes it so hilarious on the Blu ray and, you know, uh, home video and streaming releases of when, what's his name, shows up. Andrew, uh, Andrew shows McGuire. up. Uh, well, Andrew, when Andrew shows up and then when Tugboat McGuire shows up, and there's just a yeah. prolonged silence of like a clap break, like they're on Saturday Night Live. And I'm just like, Yeah, they're waiting for it. Yeah. It's hilarious. Hold for applause. Hold it's for like, applause. But, uh, I'm eating Fritos. <laughs> you know, I, dude, I, I'm one of those people that I even go watch those YouTube videos of crowd reactions and get goosebumps. I'm like, That's how it was when they, when, you know, Thor's hammer went in Cap's hand, the theater was screaming and people were throwing popcorn and jumping up and down like the old days. I go, knew it. Go on YouTube. I love that shit. Go on YouTube. People have, like, uploaded, like, uh, videos of the first Spider-Man movie, like, boot, and like have, VHS. And they had chain reaction. Uh, reaction to it and it's it, well it's the real it's the real um like bootleg you know somebody like snuck in a gigantic oh, camcorder and the, they're up online and my favorite part too is also when you see uh norman osborne and the mm. angle the way they uh move the camera because like they have to sneak it in he looks yeah. like thanos he's got like the big jaw it's hilarious oh, no. <laughs> if you were to move the f-bomb it's perfect other, in the spot. you think it was perfect it's perfect in the spot i because, can again, only think of one other place where i would have done it and it's the part where he's like, I'm Rocket Raccoon. And if you would have just let him say mother in front of it, I feel like that would have been the spot. I, Dude, I, well, they almost did it in uh, the first one when the when the um, collector, the place blows up. And he says, what the? F-? And the yeah. Know, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would have I put it in um, the Counter-Earth part. Again, keep it in Counter-Earth, but have it involving the scene involving Drax, which I got to say, the Drax couch scene is one of the funniest scenes because Drax, I'm watching yeah, the entire it, time. It like, like, did he get old? I said that to Ordway last night. I know it's been years. And I know, you know, Batista's getting older, but 
somebody's been living large, and I'm no one to you know say anything because I'm like no Twiggy myself. But I was like, did Dave stop working out altogether and just go for the cheeseburger? at the uh, catering truck because he looked really big in this movie. Well, big, Not like muscular. Big but. Dave for me, there, there's two things I want to say with the, the whole scene and I'll get into the uh, where I would have put the F-bomb. But um, Eddie, you'll you'll get this, but former uh, co-host on this program for uh, Mission Brief, Falcon the Winter Soldier, I'm watching the entire time of thing. I've dealt with this with Josh every single time with the couch. Josh, stop laying on the couch. Okay. Josh, you're doing it again. <laughs> yeah, like I'm okay. watching the entire time. I'm like, I've lived this. I've lived this scene. My quick brief thing well, about where to put thing. the F. I'm sorry. I was going to say F bomb with high evolutionary somewhere because it would be yeah. that intense that would call for that. Otherwise, and, you know, and the audience reacted. And I think the funny parts overall that was that were in the film were in the right spots. But Peter, you were saying my point uh, for where the F bomb would have gone. I would have done a Chappelle show reference to the Rick James skit where. Big Dave is on the couch, and they go, "Stop laying on the couch, no couch." We would have got that one. That would have it would have been just a joke that only the Chappelle Show fans in the audience would get. But I'd be fine with that. But, hey, did you uh, did you like the resolution between Star Lord and Gamora? Just like it's on, never going to get the girl. Just let's let it go and move on. Honestly, yeah, I you did. That yeah. is where I I was fine the whole movie through all the animal stuff, through all the emotional beats, through oh my god, is Drax going to die when they were on the mm. Orgo Corp ship? I was fine the whole movie, but once that scene was when she said, "I bet we were fun," and he said, we, "You were unbelievable." I no, started yeah, you, tearing like you wouldn't up. believe or something like that. Yeah, I started tearing up like crazy, and then when it led into the Florence and the Machine song, it, I was it was done. You know, when the Florence yeah. and the Machine part happened, and we finally see Big Dave dancing. I was yeah. waiting for him to do the uh, Batista, you know, when he would wrestle, he would do this little entrance, and he would pretend to be, you know, operating a machine gun, you know, the turret, and I wanted him to do the little machine gun dance in the middle of it. I'm like, come on, Big Dave, why aren't you? Yeah, in the yourself? middle of a bunch of children dancing. I think it would have been, <laughs> been funny. It was, up there, with Skywalker. The, it was up there with the Ewoks dancing at the end of Return of the Jedi. Yeah, you know, like, yes, they're, they're, they're doing their yub-yub songs right now. Both, both times I saw Return of the Jedi recently, I was so sad I couldn't hear yub-nub. I know, right? I said yeah. that to my buddy... Um, who saw it with me, and I said, remember when we were kids, it was the yub-yub? And he goes, yeah, it's not the same. I go, I know. I recently got my hands on a copy. I recently got my hands on a copy of the uh, Holy Trilogy, and it's called the uh, Grindhouse Edition, where it's literally just uh, 35 millimeter prints, and it's got the scratches and cuts and dirty cuts and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I still have my old DVDs with the old, uh, with the real thing, because before Hayden Christensen was, you know, dropped in. I was fine with that. Wait, in 97, I think they replaced that song. Did they? No. I can't remember when they got rid of the original. It was 97 because they were putting in the CGI to start showcasing. Oh, that's right. They put the other planets and they put uh, Cloud City and Coruscant. That's why. I think what they did with the Gamora Star-Lord thing at the end was soften the, the harshness of this breakup and you know, you so it was more accepting, perhaps, to the to the viewer, if nobody else. Although, man, dating for Star Lord is going to be really, really interesting once he, you know, goes into the uh, dating life on Earth. He can always try to find the uh, all the girl from the first Guardians movie where he. Oh, I forgot you were on here. <laughs> oh, Barit. Oh, yeah, Barit. Yeah. Well, I was talking about all his problems he's going to have. Uh, he's already bored. Diseases and stuff. <laughs> he's already yeah, what bored. Was, uh, who was he referring to at the end when he said, you know, a 45 year old guy sitting on the porch when somebody cuts the lawn? Is he. How old is he supposed to be? Because I said that to Ordway. I said, "What? He's only. He was only eight years old when he got taken." I thought it was. And like he got 10. taken in eighty nine. Yeah, 88. I think he was talking about himself because he was saying like mm-hmm. he's gonna feel weirded out that the neighbor's son is gonna watch a forty five year old, well bodied, abled man mow his lawn. So I believe he was talking oh, to him about himself. I was like, what is he saying? 
yeah. And but, then it just yeah. made it made sense that he couldn't drive the car either because he was gone since he was eight. He was a kid, yeah. He didn't know how to drive a car since when he was yeah. twelve. You would think with Love and Hasselhoff, he would have known how to, or maybe the car would have talked. That would have been funny if he got in it and was like waiting for it to talk. Uh, but if we're ready for it to get to the uh, finalization of Peter getting back to his grandfather, mm. and uh, and the you know the last two scenes, they got a nice house. Yeah, yeah. What the property the value is. did well. I uh, and I forgot what the newspaper was titled. Oh, it says oh. Kevin Bacon abducted by aliens. Alien Vin- yes. I got I, the I got the headline. I forgot what the name of the paper was. I I don't know, but I, I do love that there's that connectivity of the Disney Plus stuff because yeah. you you got to do it. But it's also like. I love when we get the connections to everything in the Marvel Universe. My favorite one still, personally, is from Ms. Marvel when they're talking about Kingu. Oh, giant hand in the ocean? Well, I was talking about, like, uh, Kingu. Like, they're all talking about the uh, one actor, but they're, like, talking about his grandfather was great. It's like, you do realize it's all the same guy, right? Oh, yeah. No, I, I love Ms. That. Marvel, they had a newspaper uh, thing walked to the side. It says, giant hand found in Indian Ocean. I remember like that. that. And then God. it was, yeah, man with metal claws in bar fight. I'm like, wait, what? Go I back, still, go back. I will go back to that whole thing with the man, man with metal claws found in bar fight. I do think in uh, the uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, he does show up in the uh, scene when they go to Madripoor. Because we see a, a really short person in a hat that Patch would wear yeah. walking right by. I'm I like, did not see that. Are we going to ret- retcon this kind of like how Iron Man 2, that's where Peter Parker meets uh, Iron Man for oh, the first yeah, time? Yeah, like, the, they got to uh, retcon it. I feel like that's not an World official Spirit. retcon, yeah. though. That was just like a whole like... Tom, Ho- oh, Tom Holland, is, shut up. Kevin Feige, is this a thing? Is this a thing? And him just being like, uh, sure, if it if it gets the internet to be quiet, then sure, yeah, that's Peter Parker. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Say the line, yeah. Bart. Yeah, there it is. Favorite line? No, I said say the line, Bart. That's all I'm thinking oh. of for, for Feige. Like, just, yeah, sure. That's I, the line, yeah, sure. I think, though, going back to the Star-Lord and his grandfather thing, I find it a little... Not even a little. I just find it funny how it's like he finally goes back after 40 years and... You know, who knows how much time passed from the, the final scene when he hugs him to, you know, eating mm. cereal while he's reading the paper. And it's just something to notice where it's like he audibly looks bored that he's already kind of yeah. like, I want, like, you can tell he's thinking like, mm, I'm glad I came back. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. Now I'm questioning, like, w- should I mow a lawn? And then, yeah. and then I think it really hit home with the, the legendary Star Lord will return because, like, thank God, like, yeah, because no, awesome. I was thinking that too. If they did a Disney Plus one-off episode about Star Lord at home, and they just show him like hanging out, I would watch going, the show. To, going to the grocery store, going to Costco, and how freaking bored would he be just being like stuck on the Earth after all that? It's like. I, I, I want yeah, him like grocery great. shopping, asking where Mr. T cereal is. Like I want oh, yeah, little like, things like the, that. Did you notice he was wearing a members only jacket? I caught that. That like, I didn't notice. Oh wow! He was wearing a red members only jacket. Like like Stanley. Too bad he didn't wear the one Stanley would wear. Well, sure. That, that tan one he used to have. On. My favorite thing with uh, everything of his like former possessions of when he was a kid, you see the backpack with the NASA oh, patch yeah, the and the Pac Man stickers, the Alf stuff. The yeah. Alf one killed me because like I was the only one in the theater that just, you just hear audibly go. Yo! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and I think what our Peter here, Peter Melnick, is going to wind up tracking down is the Freakies T-shirt. Oh, I. You know oh, what? That one... was my favorite cereal as a kid. Yeah, oh maybe. my god! Oh my god! I just realized I posted that to a thing on a Twitter to James Gunn years ago. I said, "Why don't you just remake the Freakies uh, thing?" Oh my god! That's so weird that you said that because when I saw that on the T-shirt, I go, "Who remembers that?" I, I, I gotta go. I forgot to write it down. I just thought of it now, and I was going to go back and say, wait, Freakies, that was either the, the 
Syria, the Syria. show, yeah. Or just, yeah, vice versa. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, 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 I somewhere put it on there. I said, geez, I'm waiting for James Gunn to make a movie about the freakies, the serial. And I put a picture of him up there. I'm well, like, you're going to oh, have to is... do that and double it up with like the groovy ghoulies or something like that. Well, the special thanks at the end, Ordway and I were watching, and Jerry goes, I didn't get a thanks. So I go, you didn't work on the freaking Guardians of the Galaxy. He's like, yeah, but I deserve it. I talk to him all the time on Twitter. He's from the Midwest, too. <laughs> I go, he's also Catholic, too. Does that mean that you know he's hanging with me? Like, hey, let's go to uh, Lent services together. Uh, no. It just it does break my heart seeing the uh, the end of this era involving James Gunn, because like at the end of the movie— you see the quote-unquote new Guardians, you know. Yeah. And it got me thinking, I'm like, oh, Kraglin's there. So does that mean Sean Gunn is still going to keep doing things, even though his big brother's not? Or his, no, he, you know, he's brother? the Clint Howard of the uh, the Marvel film. Yeah. Wherever his brother's directing, he'll pop up. Because, Ron Howard's making a movie, and Clint Howard's got a job. Well, Karen Gillan has said, like, even recently, and as did Chris Pratt at the premiere the other day, I believe in, like, California or something. This is the perfect they, finale. They Well, they said it's the perfect ending but they yeah. also both said that they would love to continue even chris pratt he said i would love to as long as the story and script is good he would do it and karen gillen said regardless she would just love to keep playing nebula let me tell you as somebody who's watched harrison ford age over the last 42 years and now we're watching him when he's 80 about to do his last indiana jones movie Riding i hope horse. i hope that these younger actors look back and go yeah, I don't want to be that guy that regrets that. Why didn't I do more of these movies when I was still younger and more physically able to pull it off? And, you know, I mean, look, I always hear the actors, like real actors. I don't want to be typecast. I don't want to, you know, be playing the same character forever and ever. And then I go, when I run my conventions and I see people line up to meet these actors and, and thank them and get their autographs and photos because they loved a performance they did and they watched that movie a million times. What's so wrong with that? You know what I mean? I don't get over yourself. I remember Mark Hamill saying he was on Broadway, The Elephant Man, and he didn't put that he was Luke Skywalker in the program, you know, those little yellow playbills, and Carrie Fisher went to see the show, and she said, hey, how come they don't mention Star Wars in there? He says, well, you know, I'm an actor. And she goes, get over yourself. You were Luke Skywalker, and I was Princess Leia, and that's what they're going to put on their obituaries. Don't even think of something else. Yeah. I mean, what's so wrong about being Star-Lord? And, you know? and also Mario. <laughs> and also Owen from the Jurassic Park movie. And who could forget and, Andy from Parks and Rec? The and there's that, Andy. too. I mean, there's not, you know, I remember Chris Evans had to go to a psychiatrist because he had so much anxiety about signing a six-picture deal. And when I was met him in New York after uh, Captain America came out, and Avengers had not come out yet, and I did a quick little interview for a podcast, I said, how does it feel to be the new Harrison Ford? And he just, like, did a freak. And he goes, what do you mean? I said, well, you were already a human torch in two movies. Now you're going to be Captain America in a bunch of series like Harrison Ford. He was Han Solo. He was Indiana Jones. He was Jack Ryan. He just kept doing all that. And, and Evans just goes, wow, that's too much. That's too heavy to think about. He walked away. <laughs> and I'm like, Get over yourself. And come okay? back here for the interview. <laughs> you know, the yeah. first person I can think of without belaboring the point is um, Patrick Stewart. And yeah. not and being embraced a big, it. Not being a Trekkie person or at all, really, outside of the movies, but always knowing him associated with Trek. Never mind Xavier. But hey, but, you but know it's what, both. Though? He's a great actor. See, that's another thing people got to... Well, it's, it's a humbling thing. If you're a great actor, 
you could do whatever you want forever and still go back to the popcorn movies like Patrick Stewart does with X-Men and Star Trek. If you're not that great an actor and you get a role that people identify with you, you just got to accept it. Like you're not going to be doing Shakespeare. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's a little, it's a hard pill to swallow, but not every baseball player is going to be in the hall of fame and not every actor is going to be, you know, part of the Royal Shakespearean theater. It's just the way it is. And, you know, you go back over to uh, Luke Skywalker that you mentioned, Mar- uh, Mark Hamill. Literally, his appearance on The Simpsons is, you know, he's going and he's dressed yeah. as Luke Skywalker the entire time as they go see yep. the, the musical Guys and Dolls featuring the hit song, Guys and Dolls, we're just a bunch of little guys and dolls. Yeah, use the so. fork, Homer. Use the fork. <laughs> use I don't the know, fork? maybe it's a, I say this, if you ever listen to our podcast, Ordway and I have discussions about that. I think it's wrong to be identified with a certain period of comic book. Like, most people think of him as the Shazam guy or Superman from, like, 35 years ago. And he's like, yeah, as as an artist, you want to keep growing. You want to keep doing new stuff. Just like musicians, you know, like rock and roll guys. But people don't want you to. They want you to stay young. They want you to be the guy they first saw, and that's it. And he goes, but you don't want to waste your career. I go, dude, I would do that in a heartbeat. He goes, what? I go, if I could do the same character and make millions of dollars and know I got a job, why wouldn't you? Especially a character you know? like Star Lord. That's just so fun. I would do yeah. that forever. You don't have to. You just wear a jacket. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you don't have to wear like you know like what Big Dave had to deal with of you know like. Uh. Yeah, the working out would suck. I get that. Yeah, I get that. But I don't know. I mean, you know, Michael Keaton, the, the, the Batman, and Sean Connery. The, I, 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 I've never been in that position, so I, I don't know what it's like. To be like, oh, that's all they think of me as. I'm like, is that so wrong? Mitch, personally, I always think of you as the host of the Tonight Show. There you go. And I haven't done my Jay Leno bits in years. That's why I grew a mustache, <laughs> trying to throw people off. Whoa. I'm still upset with you for taking the show from Conan, though. You know, like I got. Yeah, you know, I I was hiding in the closet when Letterman was there. <laughs> you know, secret <laughs> negotiations going on. I love the inside baseball right now. I I got I understood that reference. <laughs> and, and for an audio program like this is, it's visually just stunning that people can see that I look like Jay Leno. Like, you do. what is he talking about? Well, the funniest thing is you're like, other than the Terrificon mascot, you are also partially the unofficial Terrificon mascot. You realize that, right? I am that. I know. I know that when I go to comic book stores and movie theaters and people come up to me, Mr. Terrificon, hey, how are you? And I'm like, yeah. My wife has killed me over there because she said, they're your customer. They pay our bills, so be nice to them and don't be that jerky guy. Like, what do you want? The Get fun- away from me. The funniest thing is with you with Terrificon, like you've unintentionally done that because I've known you for years yeah. and you're never like, hey, I'm this. Like, hey, how's it going? You're the Terrificon yeah. guy. Like, that's how it is. It's never like, hey, you know me, right? Yeah. Do you know who I am? That's a joke around here when I do that. Do you know who I am? Hi. You might remember me from such conventions <laughs> as Terrificon and Terrificon. <laughs> I'm here because that's all I do. All I can think of now is the uh, Troy McClure. You might remember me from such celebrity I, I funerals as... <laughs> Hello. Let me just tell you, it wouldn't be so wrong if I was known the rest of my life as Mr. Trippicon. So there, I wouldn't care. So now going back over to the Gardeners of the Galaxy, and before we wrap this episode up, I, I think it's cool because like we're we're getting into so much stuff now with these characters, and now it's kind of piecing out a little, but... What I really got a kick out of is there's a, there was a meme over in one of the Marvel shit posting groups I'm in, and it's literally the cast of Toy Story, and it's all yeah. of them replace their heads with a, a certain character. So Star Lord is Buzz Lightyear. Um, what's her name? I forgot who was. Uh, what's ne- her name? Jesse. Uh, Nebula Gamora. 
and but Mantis. they say like we'll we'll see you we'll see you around, partner. And then the next panel is uh, Kevin Feige as T Rex and just going, wait, no, 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 there's spinoffs and other other things. <laughs> Come back. You know, there's a lot of visual stuff that no one gets because you youngins didn't get it last night. I tell the Ordway when they do the last shot, the Guardians all sitting there, the last photo you see on the screen with all them laying on the ground. Yeah. That's uh, from Bruce Springsteen's record album. No shit. Oh, I didn't that's notice that. that. That's where they ripped that photo off. I'm like, hey, jackasses. Well, that's, that's a Springsteen thing. That's why Morons. I love. I loved Gosh. Volume Two for the whole marketing of it, where they were heavily promoting the Ramones. Like yeah. the the yeah. one shirt and the one poster was Rocket to Russia, and I'm like, oh, they're doing Rocket. The Ramones are going to be on this. There was a uh, Guardian shirt sold exclusively at Target, and it was in the style of the uh, Hey Ho, Let's Go, Bombs Away with the uh, the eagle on it. And add yeah. all the Guardians' names with Drax missing, but he's invisible, so you can't see him. I want you, you have a special mission for me, Mr. Melnick. You have to discover what it was. All those coordinates that appear in all the space scenes in all the Guardians movies, James Gunn himself said those were all keys, like a code to something else. Drink and more Ovaltine. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I saw him in person. I met him at uh, HasbroCon, HasCon, and he was there, and I talked to him. I said, what's the deal with the numbers? He goes, you know, if you really are observant and put them all together, it points to something, and it makes – there's actually an answer to, like, uh, this unknown riddle. I'm like, what is it? And I, I'm dying to find out what it was. So if somebody out there listening Eesh. knows what all those numbers really meant. An unknown riddle. Oof. Pre-sale Funny. tickets for New York Comic Con 2015. The hidden passage, the passcode to the Kevin Feige's office. I don't know. Maybe it was like each letter, you know, like a cryptogram thing. I don't know. Cause, so yeah, because somewhere... he did say that there's one Easter egg, especially from the first movie, that no yeah. one has ever found yet. That's what he, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I think it has something to do with those numbers. On it, you know. So overall, with this movie, it it was phenomenal, and it's again, you know. I will say, like, there's discussion of people like that. Me, and my po- talk to you guys just now about the uh, Toy Story thing. Yeah. A lot of people have said, like, are people going to be leaving watching the MCU stuff now because the Gardening? Gar- I was going to say the Gardeners. The, the Guardian. Well, yeah. I said that to Ordway too. I said I think we watched the Twilight of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He goes, Yeah, but we still don't have the Fantastic Four and the X Men. I went, Oh, yeah. you're right, because I was literally like, Man, this sucks. It's over. And he goes, No, dude, it hasn't even started yet. They haven't done the FF. I'm like, Oh. Or brute force. Mm -hmm. By the way, when they were seeing all the animals being constructed, I was like, "Are brute force going to show up right now?" Because I kind of, I'm kind of up for that. Give us a dolphin with a gun. I'm fine. Yeah. No, 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 no. The only thing too, and I said to Ordway, "Why can't we? You know how the werewolf by night? Why can't we have one-off Deathlock done like a '70s exploitation movie, like a Charlton Heston sci-fi movie, like Solly Green or Mitch? Thank you, man. Because I would." Watch that in a heartbeat. Seeing seeing High Evolutionary's exposed face. I thought that too. I thought that too. Bingo. Deathlock. Deathlock. That's what I was thinking too. When I was thinking after when the movie was over, I go, you know, they would do it. Not that shitty Deathlock they did on Agents of Shield. I was going to say, was yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh man. I... But they, if you did watch Agents of Shield, they did do like an X-ray of the Deathlock's head, like at one scene, and the the screen image of the X-ray looked like the comic book version would have the skull gone. And the metal and stuff, and I'm like, oh my god, that's what he looks like. But and if they didn't show that, and if you've seen Agents of Shield, you've watched a television show. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, it could have been something. It, you know what? I thought it was going to be like the Steranko 
espionage James Bond stories, but ordinary, like they never had a budget for that, and they were never synced up to the movie, so that's why you never got these like elaborate. I think it would work now, though, if they did yeah. it on a Disney Plus budget. They did like a, a like a Jack Ryan type of thing with you know Agents of Shield, but they are they're doing Secret Invasion, so who knows? So now, Mitch, what did you think about the movie overall? Like this is our like our Jerry Springer final thoughts without you know final thoughts. Yeah, uh, I'm sad that it's over. I enjoyed every minute of it. I loved all three of them, and I wish it wouldn't end. But if it does have to end, I'm happy with this resolve it's good i liked it a lot i liked it a lot nick i thought this movie was phenomenal i thought overall in the grand scheme of the guardians of the galaxy trilogy this to me is um definition of essentially a perfect trilogy despite you know some flaws or yeah guardians too i but (laughs) at the end of the day i think this movie makes it better for me as, as well um i thought it was phenomenal movie um, like Mitch said, it's sad to see them leave, but I'm glad I got to experience all this. We're complimenting their ass. Hate yeah. to see them leave, but love to see exactly. them go. Exactly, and um, honestly, like to me, that wasn't just uh, this movie wasn't just like a oh, this is one of the best comic book movies I've ever seen. It was just in general, just one of the best movies I've ever seen. Like it to me, it was genuinely a beautiful film. It works. It does. It is, <laughs> and I'll say this, and I say this about very few things. This movie genuinely felt special. It felt yeah. special, and that's the the highest regard I can give to it. And um, if James Gunn brings this energy to a certain red caped superhero that um, from another company, um, I think that uh, he's going to do an amazing job. I do. He's going to bring a lot of heart a to super characters. job. Yep. Wink, wink. <laughs> oh, he's working on Batman. Oh, by the way, I, yeah. I gotta say, I gotta say real quick. Do you know technically he worked on a Batman movie with this one because there's a family of the Bat people. So he worked on a Batman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Orbeez? <laughs> no, remember the Batman? Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, like he worked on a Batman, technically. And actually, in one of the alien languages, if you translated it, it said it's Morbid time. Not Stop many people that. knew that. Stop that. It's good to know. And Eddie, boo on that. I heard that. It sucks. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> what? When I said the joke about the Batman. Oh, yeah. I just shook my head, that actually. sucks. <laughs> I, I, well, I heard sucks. I enjoyed it very much, too. And I, I think maybe Therefore as, I as am. just... A viewer, you got to care more about the characters that you kind of did. And even like Peter said at the beginning, it's been that many years since we got a Guardians, but mm-hmm. you got reinvested in these characters, and and it pulled you through, or it pulled you in, in a couple of directions. Um, one of the more uh, one of the movies that I more times than not got, <sighs> you know, yeah, <laughs> right. You, you know, got the papers. Well, kind of the, thing and the tease of star lord's death man like right at the end where he gets you know he looks like tony clifton it, you know because he really did he goes tony clifton i thought they i thought they were committing to that yeah I, so did I, I. I did. like you could hear me in the theater audibly go no like you have that uh yeah like, and in well, fact that's what he did himself quill when when it looked like rocket had uh, you know crossed the yeah. bro- crossed the almost rainbow bridge type of thing don't you dare s- oh god eddie he had his Harry Potter and Dumbledore. As I'm a pet owner, so no, I, that's why I mean, I'm hearing that. I'm like, now shut I'm... Shut up. Don't talk like yeah. that. Dogs don't die. <laughs> that's what came to mind just now. I just It just popped right in there. I know. You know, well, Stay Puff say... Marshmallow now, in. Now, we're, now that podcast is sad, Eddie. <laughs> Bring it Bringing it home. Yeah. That's all it is. It was his Harry yeah. Potter and Dumbledore moment. Oh, <laughs> Stop that. Oh, just pay attention to... What was just a really quick thing, because I'm going back to that... Alien invasion. Kevin Bacon tells all, and Peter brings something up. His grandfather thinks says, "Don't even get me started on that." 
think there was no, a line. No, he was talking about the kid with the lawn. That he wasn't talking about. The there we go. Okay, I was like, is that a throwaway line or not? No. But uh, yeah. no, that was what he was doing. But yeah, it it's one of those oh, movies. Yeah. Like I'm bummed out they're gone, but you know what? I'm hopeful for what's next. But I do wish hey, Papa Gun. You know stayed. what? If they never left, you'll ne- you could never miss them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. got to leave to miss something. And we and had to put Howard the Duck in there again because oh like, we, haven't, we haven't forgotten about him, so he's still with us. You're damn right. Wag. Wag. And yes. I'm glad I got to hear the Beastie Boys. In a world he never made. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. So that's going to wrap this episode up. But again, I give it a solid uh, four and a half out of five. You didn't sound too I definitive it, on that. Uh, well, I said nine out of ten on my, uh, in my Twitter. Oh, okay. I give it five Zargnuts out of five. We don't have any. Well, not I for Mantis. I did. I tried HelloFresh. God, he was, I'm jealous of you for that, by the way. I wanted to get the HelloFresh. I missed out on it. Wasn't no, it free? I I it, it was sold out every time. I'm like, what are you talking about? I, I don't know which, when, who got these, but they're on eBay for hundreds of dollars. Of course they are. Mm-hmm. So that's going to wrap this episode up, gentlemen. Thank you once again. Nick, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. This was awesome. And again, like I said in the beginning, I'm glad if I were to make my, uh, my return, yeah. it was for, for this movie. I was bringing you back on for, oh, I don't know, Morbius or something. No. Still haven't yeah. watched it. <laughs> Lucky you. Um, and Mitch, thank you once again. And don't forget, kids, Terrificon, July 28th to the 30th. I'm on Egan's son in Uncasville, Connecticut. Tickets on sale now. Looking forward to seeing your mustache or not. Uh, we'll see. I'll, I'll shave and put it in a box for you. Oh, I can do that myself. I just thank you, though. <laughs> I appreciate the consideration. Eddie Shadowbox Wilson. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> For The Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick. I'm Nick Wells. I'm Mitchell A.S. Halleck. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Excelsior!